0: this is do we like movies it's a podcast where two guys review individual movies sequels and occasional television shows in this show we talk about our experiences with them and we answer the question do we like this movie like movies i'm your host angel
1: and i'm putting together a crew and i'm in on the job
0: as your co-host javi we're back for the first time in like geez, several weeks i think um you know for those we keep telling you guys we're, we're we're really trying to hang in here while things are busy as hell around this time i promise we will reach a point where we are back to doing weekly episodes again but it's just been it has been like a shit-sucking nightmare to like schedule time to do this stuff
1: you guys, I got Corona like two weeks ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, I also was like, part of the reason why we had to go on to the lengthy hiatus was because Javi literally got COVID and was I was wild. not about to force him to do it, to record uh, <laughs> while while going through COVID.
1: Oh no, it sucked. Like a little, little peek behind and Planet Javi and what's going on is I had to do a video for my uh my master's program <laughs> i had to put together a presentation for this colloquium i was a part of which was just pretty much a bunch of smart people talking about human rights issues and i'm like recovering from covid and i sound absolutely disgusting in the entire time like just putting together a five minute video took me like six hours because of the mind it was so bad dude so honestly again go get vaccinated take care of yourselves and if you do test positive please isolate as someone that finally got it you know i'm i'm of the belief that at some point we're all gonna get it it's just a numbers game at this point if you haven't got it if you're dodging it yet you know more power to you but um yeah just do your best to try to keep yourself healthy and safe in these times Mm -hmm. thankfully you know i'm boosted and vaxxed so didn't really you know it just hit me like a really crappy cold but it was just like the mind fog was the worst (laughs)
0: yeah
1: so i'm really grateful i'm back you know and uh and i'm good to go and i'm ready to talk about oceans (laughs) mid-11 all right so oceans 11 now this is a
0: movie that i'm watching like i watched it for the first time for this episode and um even though like it was a big deal when it did come out because of all the people that were involved in it. So this is a 2001 movie. It stars Matt Damon, uh, Brad Pitt, um, George Clooney, Bernie Mac, Don Cheadle, you know, among others, like it just, there's a lot of people in here that are like well-known actors and I remember this being one of those movies like, you know, when I was a kid, like this was one of those movies where I wasn't fully a preteen yet when it came out. So, like, I went with my parents like to the video store, which were things that existed then. And they rented this movie because I guess they were interested in seeing it. And I had zero to no interest in watching it. Um, and even an though cool like now person. as an adult, like I know and love all the actors that are in this movie. Um the yeah. only one i really knew was george clooney because he was batman at one point in <laughs> time so as young me that's like oh yeah he's the guy who played batman
1: you were like that's the best batman cuz i'm a <laughs> stupid kid i mean god you would have been like what 10 years old when this movie came out uh, like more like 11 12 I-, I think 12 is actually what i was oh god you're even stupider back then <laughs> But it, this is, like, that time where remakes really started becoming a thing. Like, Ocean's Eleven was a, re- when it was a remake of the 1960s movie. I think two years later, The Italian Job, which is another heist movie, with Marky Mark Wahlberg and Charlize Theron comes out. Like, it felt like around 2000s is where kind of Hollywood, like, you know how there's that joke that there's only 40 original stories that Hollywood has ever put out? Like it felt like the year 2000 on is kind of where they started hitting the reset on those 40 original stories. (laughs) And that's kind of like when the, when the, um, that, yeah, that's just kind of when the time of reboot started. Uh, but with my experience, this movie, I never saw it. I was never interested in watching it. I don't know why. And it's crazy because there's a lot of star power in this movie. Like you said, it's total ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. and there's a lot of good performances but i always associate associated it with being like an old person movie that as a kid i was just not interested i was just like why would i want to watch this like movie that is very clearly not for me like and, and it's funny because now as an adult i love heist movies and i like especially whenever i play video games where there's an, a heist involved i'm like oh yeah Time to live out my bank robber dreams. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a huge
0: fan of heist movies. I really do like that genre of film, and I it's just it's so bizarre that like knowing that like I I haven't really come to this one yet because
1: and it's interesting because this is kind of the I don't know what the first heist movie is, but I'm assuming 1960s like Ocean's Eleven is the idea of putting together like the professional crew to pull off a job. And it's like the original, when it comes to um, overly complicated convoluted plots that come together all at the end and to, to finally like get the score. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where it's like this movie I don't know what movie we talked about fairly recently where we were like, this movie was the original to do it, but so many movies have come on and done it better since. That's kind of like where I'm at with Ocean's Eleven, where I'm just like, I've, I've seen heist movies and I'm a fan of heist movies, but it's like this movie has all the stuff that I think is corny about heist movies now, but it also makes sense because it was the movie that started all the corny shit about heist movies. I don't know. I think we'll talk about it more as we get into it. But yeah, I just want to put that out there.
0: I'm more shocked that I didn't come to this one later in life because this is a movie directed by Steven Soderbergh, who is one of those, like, if you're like a film bro or like, you know, horny for film, he's a guy who's gotten a lot of praise for some of the earlier stuff that he's done, like um, Sex, Lies, and Videotapes and Schizopolis. And which are like these like weird, like it's just like these like movies. Again, I, I also kind of categorize them as older people movies that I never really watched. And um, yeah, it's interesting to, to, to end up coming here, uh, you know, into this episode, uh, like having this be the introduction, because I do know that Sex, lives and Videotape is like it is where he broke through and became kind of a household name. And this was more like, you know, him going into the big film. And um, this was, I think, kind of where the perception of, of George Clooney changed a little bit, too, because obviously he was the guy from ER. He comes and does like the worst Batman movie of all time. And even though like he was in uh, From Dust Till Dawn, like in between all of that stuff or before Batman even, um, I feel like he hadn't really broken through as like a movie star until after this movie came out. Because it was oh, such I, a big deal.
1: I would argue that he was already becoming a big deal, and that's why he got it. Because I mean, he also did Three Kings in ninety nine, like which was kind of a big movie, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, that's right. Ice Cube is in that as well. Yeah,
0: I, I'd love to re. Yeah, we we need to, We need to rewatch some of that because that is a movie that I know I've seen and I remember bits of it. And I and I just was this, it was it Three Kings or is that or is that one that Will Smith is in? Goodness, no, Lord. this is I, Three Kings. Okay, all right. Yeah,
1: it's 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 the one with Ice Cube and Mark Wahlberg. Thank I think you. it's Mark Warburg.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: And it's like the, the soldiers that steal Saddam's gold in Gold War One. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I remember that now. Oh, that's a ice movie too. We should have watched that. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: okay, so Oceans Eleven is apparently a remake of, as we mentioned it, a 1960s film. Uh, and really the only similarities I think in it is that the movies take place in Vegas um except in the original it is a heist on one hotel i believe and the only character that is that you know that exists in the original and the remake is the main character of danny ocean which in the original is played by frank sinatra and um well frank sinatra and then dean martin plays sam Harmon, who's kind of like his right hand man so kind of like the george Clooney and brad pitt roles that that was them the only two uh, that survived Yeah. And in the original, it's like Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin. And then you have like Sammy Davis Jr. who was also part of this. Like they were all like, I guess, called the Rat Pack. I really, one of the reasons I really want to see it is because one of the guys who is in this movie is also the great Cesar Romero. Who, if you are a Batman fan like me, you'll remember him as the Joker from 1960s Batman. (laughs) And uh
1: was Telly Savalas in it cuz I don't watch anything from the 60s unless Telly Savalas is in it. <laughs> no, he's not. And I want a fat Telly Savalas. <laughs> oh, and I think, I think
0: I think the like the the guy who they rob in the original movie might actually be uh played by George Raft, who you know, a lot of people may not know who he is, but I just remember him being like one of those guys from when I watched black and white gangster movies from like the early 1900s. Uh he would often played like you know these like gangster characters and stuff like the original Scarface movie Mm. and part of the reason apparently why George Raff was so good at playing these mobster types was because he (laughs) was because apparently he had like connections with the mob in real life much like Frank Sinatra (laughs) I guess and oh uh, there
1: there, there's an interesting podcast uh (laughs) where they go over the life of Frank Sinatra where at one point apparently he believed he was a, a mobster yeah. And no yeah. one had the heart to tell him otherwise.
0: Yeah, I know uh, if I'm going to date this podcast, I'm currently watching the, there's a series on Paramount Plus that just premiered this week. It's called The Offer, and it's like a movie that that uh, deals with the uh, the making of The Godfather. It's like a fictionalized mm-hmm. version of it. Really like Winning Time, that Lakers series that's on HBO Max. I feel like that's mm-hmm. a new trend now. It's like these like fictionalized versions of like real life like events. <laughs> and, uh, I
1: blame uh OJ versus the people. <laughs> and uh
0: in, in that in that series, there is a Frank Sinatra, like they actually have Frank Sinatra in that series, and like they play him as he very much is a gangster <laughs> in that. So <laughs> they literally show like a fight between him and Mario Puzo at, at an LA restaurant.
1: Oh no, that part's real. Like yeah. Frank Sinatra liked fighting people.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, no, for real. And uh all right, anyway. Let's get into this old actual people. movie that we're here to talk about.
1: Oh my God, we've become the old people that <laughs> that Ocean's Eleven was meant for because we've talked about Caesar Romero, Telly Savalas, and Frank Sinatra.
0: <laughs> you know what that is, though? That literally, I think the reason why we've learned what some of these things are now is because we've been watching movies on this podcast for so long. Because yeah, we saw Telly in in James Bond, so that's like. And then I knew him from Twilight Zone episode as well. Like, so. well, I
1: knew him because I was. I think I told you that I was a total like. I think I, my hipster movie days was more like junior and senior year of high school. Yeah, but that's when I only watched like, I'm like, unless that movie uh inspired Quentin Tarantino, then I don't give a shit because <laughs> that's how I saw Inglorious, not uh, original Glorious Bastards, um fuck what's it called uh dirty dozen and kelly's heroes and i All was right. like because it was around the time inglorious bastards like qt's movie was coming out so i'm like oh let me do my homework so There's some no of might ask other... why
0: we're reviewing this movie and i can mention why i actually am why i actually did come up with the idea if you're interested in, in, in it. hearing it <laughs> um <laughs> the reason why i was into it is because i I've been replaying, uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas and they like, you know, that they they remastered it for PS4 and PS5. And I like hadn't played that game since 2004, 2005. Like it had been a long time since I played this game. And, uh, one of the missions, once you get to the third city, like the Vegas style city, um, your main character and who's like an LA gangbanger and his like business associate who is a like San Francisco like Yakuza like boss right they both buy a hotel in in this faux Vegas and one of the the ideas that they get once they've moved into this new town like once they've like once they both work in a ho- they both bought a hotel casino in this new town is that they're going to rob another casino hotel <laughs> and uh, it, which is like run by mobsters <laughs> and apparently like I was reading something online and they had mentioned that you know that it's very Ocean's 11 like you know it's kind of Ocean's 11 style which makes sense cuz it was a game from 04 so this would have been like fresh on people's minds then And uh, really, you know, the only big similarities that they have is that it's a Vegas heist of like a casino and it's not, it's not super like, uh, you know, connected, but it's definitely interestingly, it's interesting enough. And I enjoyed playing that mission that it just reminded me how much uh, I was kind of interested in us doing a heist movie. So that's when I came up with the idea of watching this movie, which both of us had never seen before.
1: Play GTA Four so that way we can watch Heat instead. <laughs> I don't need can an excuse to watch Heat. Do <laughs> you want play a video game that makes you want to watch good movies? <laughs> Ooh, shots fired!
0: <laughs> All right, uh, so we can get into this movie. I guess this movie starts with uh, Daddy Ocean, played by uh, uh, George Clooney. He's, I guess, getting out of jail, right? And and uh, what it does It's like the, the beginning of this movie? I think because I'd seen it just like several days ago already, it's already kind of hazy in my brain. But because yeah, i because I feel like the end and the beginning are pretty similar, but he does yeah. get out of jail when the movie starts before, before he meets uh Rusty, right?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, we're following uh, Danny on his last day. Um, you know, this is where oh crap now you got me questioning <laughs> what happened <laughs> but yeah pretty much it's all, he's on his way out they give him the clothes he was wearing for, or his personal effects that he went in with mm-hmm. Um, I think Rusty was waiting for him right um, yes. and when he talks to Rusty um, you know I remember there's the mention of his wife I think it's either he was talking to one of the guards or he talks to Rusty but he does mention that he had an ex-wife and that um, kind of alluding that she might be the reason that he is currently in jail, uh, but essentially he proposes that he, you know, ever since he's been in, that he has been planning a heist, and the both uh, both Rusty and Danny end up going to Las Vegas. When they end up hanging out with their old uh, an old friend of theirs and a former casino owner by the name of Ruben Tishkoff so his role is pretty much he's like the man on the inside. He tells them what's going on, who owns what, who are like the major players in Vegas, and this is where it's revealed that the plan is pretty much to rob three casinos: uh, the Bellagio, the Mirage, and the MGM Graham all at once. Um, and they were going to plan. They were planning on using Ruben's. Um, kind of expertise with uh casino security to kind of set that up. And I think here is where we find out that uh the three um the three casinos are all owned by one person uh who is uh Terry Benedict played by good old Andy Garcia. Right. And Andy Garcia
0: um I, we the only other movie that we've done on this podcast with him was he had like a bit part in Stand and Deliver, but what I really remember Andy Garcia from more than anything is Godfather Three, where he like ends up playing uh, he ends up playing like the the protege of of Al Pacino's Don uh, Michael, and funny enough I do know even though I haven't seen it before but I do want to watch it now. <laughs> the third oceans movie which is oceans 13 actually reunites uh al pacito and andy garcia for the first time since the godfather three
1: that's interesting
0: I- i'm it- pretty sure it's one of those things where it's like obviously everyone's in on the joke right that these that where he came from was was that and i do feel like the character that he plays in this uh the, the you know the the, the the character Andy Garcia plays in this it feels like an older version of like <laughs> of like the vicious you know uh hot-headed uh Vincent Corleone
1: it's funny because whenever there's a movie that um per, like boasts it's the first time these two actors have been on the same screen together um, it's the movie usually ends up being super mid, so I don't know anything about <laughs> Ocean's Thirteen, but I remember there was a movie. I think it was called like Righteous Kill or some shit, but it was like one of the main ways they were like marketing it is that it was the first time Al Pacino uh, and Robert De Niro were actually on screen at the same time and they were actually on set together. Because well, that- they
0: were on screen together in in heat in two scenes
1: yeah but i mean the thing is that it was supposed to be like them together for the first time or some shit yeah like it it was
0: them as partners yeah that was the thing because the thing is it's it's weird because they're both kind of actors that have kind of like worked around each other for so long you know like because the first movie that they're in together even though they have zero scenes together is godfather Godfather 2
1: yeah
0: and uh god i love that movie I if I did that for this, all right. I'm not gonna get into it. Put it away. But but, this
1: is an audio. This is an audio medium. They can't hear your erection.
0: But you know they did that and then but I do think Heat is like is the exception to that I think it is it is the very satisfying we're getting these guys on screen together Anyway I'm talking about all these things that isn't Ocean's Eleven (laughs) Yeah because everything else is more interesting than Ocean's Eleven (laughs) I would argue that that's not true I think this movie is it takes a few minutes to get into it but once you start meeting the people who are going to be in on the heist I think that's that's where it's it really starts to pick up
1: it feels okay we'll get into it more like i got some gripes with this movie and i'll talk about it later all right um... so
0: elliot gold's uh you know as you mentioned ruben tishkoff is the one who basically decides to plan this right and i guess the the 11 in oceans 11 are danny who's you know our main character danny ocean uh brad pitt is rusty ryan uh, Reuben, of course, he does the planning, even though I don't think he does anything during the heist. He, actually, he, he's in he's in like one spot, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was really shocked <laughs> that Scott Kahn and Casey Affleck were in this. Yeah. That- I- I did not realize they were in this. And it's even funnier that they're both like twin brothers, the Malloy twins.
1: (laughs) That was really funny. It caught me off guard. It was nice seeing Bernie Mac in it. I had no idea he was in this Uh, movie. Rest in
0: peace, Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac is the only person in this cast besides George Clooney and Brad Pitt that I knew was in this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't realize, I always thought, I always remember his part being a, well, I always thought of his part as being like a bit part. But he's no. actually like he—he's actually quite in this. The guy who I for completely forgot was in this was Don Cheadle,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: uh, and also Matt Damon. And it's weird because I feel like Matt Damon and what's it called? Brad like- Pitt. It's, 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 there's like this c- like cabal of like interchangeable white '90s actors that like I feel like they Inter- all have been in movies like together playing like you know where you could swap one with the other and like i i'd, I'd be like oh yeah i remember it that way
1: <laughs> interchangeable smoldering handsome white actors <laughs> <laughs> like you can take one out and just throw the other one in and you're like yeah that's the same movie
0: yeah um, but, um yeah they're also i guess it, i've only seen him in this but uh was it called uh Quinn Shaubo, uh who plays the amazing yen Mm -hmm. yes i remember him and the main reason why i remember him is because after we watched this movie i think a few days later i ended up watching oceans eight and Mm -hmm. uh he makes a return (laughs) in that movie so so there we go um carl reiner i didn't realize he was in this uh and of course matt damon is like the nerd i feel like he's like the he's the geek in this (laughs) well he's like
1: the newbie right they they essentially they bring him on because he's a son of another thief and for some reason danny ocean brings him on even though he's never worked a heist before but he's like forcing this kid to be his protege yeah I'm like, there's no point in having a protege, especially in the biggest heist you're ever going to pull. You know what?
0: And this is kind of, I I do think that Grand Theft Auto San Andreas kind of does a gag on this because, okay, so our two main characters like are planning a casino heist and they decide to do it in the basement of the casino that they own. Mm -hmm. And the funny part is that like, initially it starts with the the two of them and like the Yakuza guy's assistant and then all of a sudden, or the triad guy's assistant, I think it's a triad, not a Yakuza. I might have been way off but what to call it, uh i think it's the triad guy's assistant and then next thing you know there's like the third mission of that heist mission and it's a bunch of randos that are, in, that are that are suddenly in this uh basement and it starts with damn you can't keep a secret for shit in here and and they're trying to throw <laughs> one guy out and it turns out it's the janitor who lives in that closet so they end up like making him part of the heist for no other reason than he lives in that janitor's closet
1: so now he has to do it or else he's gonna like snitch on everyone that's so i guess matt
0: damon is like the guy who lives in the janitor's closet and that's why he's involved here
1: well it's funny because everyone does shit on him like yeah everyone does take turns talking about how dumb he is and how he makes mistakes and shit like that but um, yeah, essentially from uh, from there, the 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 goal is to rob the Bellagio vault on the on fight night because there's supposed to be some big boxing match. Yes, the,
0: <laughs> just
1: the boxing match. Don't know who's fighting, but who gives a shit?
0: I know one of them was Lennox Lewis, who was one of the biggest like fighters in the '90s. Like I mm. remember, I didn't even watch boxing, and I knew who Lennox Lewis was. Like, he was a big deal, especially, I feel like the 90s, like, with that, like, it was a Tyson era. The Tyson's era, like, brought upon, like, this new, like, renowned, like, fame for boxing to where all of a sudden, like, everyone was watching it. And HBO was just, like, starting to, to come into so many people's homes. I did watch Lennox Lewis fights. So it's funny that, like, yes, it is a, I don't, I forget who it is that he's fighting in this. Because they do show you like a, like a poster on the outside at some point in this movie. I was like, yeah, this is absolutely early 2000s. If, if like a Lennox Lewis fight is one of the biggest things that's happening right now,
1: if that's one of the biggest draws in Vegas. And I guess the take is supposed to be $150 million. So I got confused because I thought it was $150 million from each bank or each bank, each uh, casino. So originally, I thought it was $450 and I was like, God damn, that's a lot of money. And then uh, when I found out it was just $150 million, I was like, wow, it feels like you spent $150 million just setting up this. Ice. <laughs> but okay. Yeah. So after they recruit everyone, essentially they take the next, like, what, two weeks or so to kind of um, do reconnaissance and figure out who's the uh like who's the security who's the main people to watch for who's the pit boss um they try to find out like when they shift or when they change dealers when they change guards uh this is all done the montage form like there's the funny there's the funny one where uh the twin brothers like are playing like they have a fake fight down on the casino floor so one of the uh the tech guy can go install some stuff so that they can uh, hack into, like, the security system. Um, Meanwhile, the entire time this is going on, I guess they rent out a hangar (laughs) somewhere out in the Nevada desert. Okay. And they build a replica of the Bellagio vault. Yes. Because they have to be... Like, essentially, there's this... uh, there's this like huge elevator shaft that has like crisscrossing like trip laser trip wires. And then if that goes off, it sets off the alarm and then people <laughs> get stuck there. Look, this reminds me of another fantastic heist
0: movie that I have seen much more recently than this
1: you are just proving my point that at this point (laughs) oceans 11 just reminds you of everything that did this shit better
0: no you know what this could be this might literally be one of those triple x state of the union situations oh my god
1: (laughs) where this like old movie ends
0: up accidentally like doing these things that other movies will rip off later in life (laughs)
1: You had me because you said <laughs> we watched a fantastic movie, and you fucking said Triple X State of the Union in the same breath. You bastard!
0: But the movie that this made me think of, this whole safe kind of deal, is Fast Five, the oh. 2011 Fast and Furious <laughs> sequel that we hadn't done on this show that we need to do before Fast Ten comes out, which also has like a well-known. Like, you know, where they do dual, like, safes. You
1: mean the one where <laughs> they pull the safe out of the bank and then drop through Sao Paulo, smashing everything to death? Oh, my God.
0: Yes. I mean, and you, you're probably right. You're thinking about something that's probably a whole hell of a lot better when you think of, uh you know, something like, fast five (laughs) as opposed to oceans maybe it is maybe it is maybe oceans 11 just doesn't connect as much with you because it's an old person movie
1: and now i'm the old person (laughs) no like i will 100 percent like that's the weird thing i admit this is a good movie i am not saying it's a bad movie in any way shape or form the acting is actually not ass and like i mean you can't with all the people you have in it And, like, actually, a lot of the shots are really cool. Like, so there's a lot of the cinematography that I'm a huge fan of. But for some fucking reason, it just doesn't connect with me. It's just one of those weird ones that I can't get behind. But I can openly admit this is a good movie. And I take 100% accountability that this is just not a hobby movie. (laughs) And that's the problem. But yeah, so the idea is that they build this replica of a bank so that way they can give Yen a chance to practice this crazy flip he's going to do pretty much from the seated position, <laughs> because the idea is that they're going to fold <laughs> they're going to fold Yen up, hide him inside of a money cart <laughs> where he's I like only... this
0: by the way I
1: I, <laughs> no, do, I the think it's gets very stupider. racially
0: insensitive if like the one Asian guy involved in the heist is going to be like a, the tiny acrobat that we're going to stuff into a cart but I do, <laughs> I do like this character
1: <laughs> my favorite part is they're like you have 30 minutes of air good luck <laughs> so <laughs> the entire time i was just like it was gonna be hilarious when they open that and he's dead Oh no! He... <laughs> i was just like this is such a stupid plan <laughs> if your plan depends on someone having a time amount of air i'm like this might not work out <laughs> <laughs> Because it, t- it feels like it takes him twenty minutes just to get to the goddamn elevator that takes you downstairs. Yeah. I was just like, oh my god, he's gonna die. <laughs> oh, like the more I thought about the plan, I was just like, this is so dumb. But like, you know that like he has to learn. He can't, pr- you know, he can't press on any of the of the floor panels because they'll set off an alarm. So he does manage to do his flip on a uh, from the seated position and uh, pretty much what happens is leading up to the day of the heist, there is a hotel demolition somewhere in Vegas that ends up destroying. uh, I forget what it was like an access tunnel that uh, Don Cheetah was planning to use Mm -hmm. so that they can blow open the safe of the Bellagio. But because the explosion revealed the part or the, the thing that um, Don Cheadle was going to exploit, like crews started working on that and reinforcing it. So from right. there, we have a heist within the heist where now uh, certain members of the crew have to go somewhere like I don't, I don't it never really says where but mm-hmm. they have to go steal a <laughs> essentially a nuclear weapon without like the nuclear bomb part. Because the idea is they're now gonna set off an EMP that takes out all the electronics in Las Vegas. Yes. So that way they that'll give them the opening instead of them drilling their way into brilliant. And I was like, okay, sure, there's an EMP strong enough just laying around anywhere (laughs) in ground. And it turns out there is. (laughs) And I think, uh, and and during the lead up for all this, this is also where we find out, or Rusty finds out, I think it's more important to point out that Rusty's the one that finds out that um, Danny's ex-wife Tess is not only working for uh, Terry, she's also dating him at this time. (laughs) And I think the one that finds out is Linus Caldwell or Matt Damon. And uh, he finds out, tells uh rusty runcy rusty gets pissed uh, and he ends up confronting danny about whether this is really about the money or if this is about uh tess
0: and furthering it, the furthering the trend of like people who are not in shit that i'm like people who are in shit that i feel like i'm too young to watch <laughs> and what's tess is played by julia roberts like someone who i swear to you I have barely, outside of my best friend's wedding, I have barely seen anything <laughs> with her in it.
1: Maybe Runaway Bride. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I did see Pretty
0: it? Woman, I guess, as well. But yeah, it's just she's but not again, normally in things that I watch.
1: Pretty Woman was from like what eighty seven. Aaron Brockovich was that around yeah. this
0: time? Uh, it it might have been. I, it feel that feels more like nineties to me, but uh, but I can't recall exactly.
1: And you know what? She looked like a, I mean, yeah, she has, (laughs) she had, she looked like a mom. And that's the best way to describe
0: it. Yeah. I feel like it's weird. Like I felt like she was already too old to
1: be dating George Clooney in this, but whatever. you you mean that's like that's looked like a silver fox since his 20s yeah (laughs) oh man so so from there they end up going to uh like a college out in southern california where they end up stealing the uh emp uh however because linus caldwell couldn't be a you know fucking a good soldier and do what he was told and stay in the van he ends up going to try to meet up with Danny as Danny, uh, Bash, Yen, and yeah, Danny, Bash, and Yen come back with the, like the the bomb, um, and in trying to make an escape, they end up breaking like Yen's arm or they break <laughs> end up breaking his hand, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> and. You know, I thought that was going to lead to something. I thought that was going to be a big deal. And the only thing that ever happens is that you see Yen like taping up a cast later in the movie and I was like, "Oh, cool. He's just he's just like invincible then. He'll be all right." <laughs> so pretty much on fight night, uh the plan starts going into motion after Rusty believes that uh, Danny is putting the operation at in in jeopardy because at this point Danny has already done a couple things like he he's tried to talk to Tess he's confronted Terry like he's done a lot of things to uh, make Rusty kind of question if he if his head's right for this so Rusty kind of takes over operations uh, and they put everything into uh, into uh, into effect right and for the most part everything is starting to go the way it's supposed to. Um, as the fight starts, um, or as the like pre fight starts, Danny shows up at the Bellagio, uh, to try to get Terry's attention. Um, as they expected, he ends up getting grabbed by security goons, where they grab one of the goons who starts, uh, who's supposed to be beating on Danny. Um, but we find out Danny's kind of paid the guy off, so and they know each other. So he just, like, fakes kicking the crap out of Danny after punching him for real one time. <laughs> and Danny ends up escaping from the room. Uh, during this time, um, yeah, the, they they end up taking, you know, the EMP goes off, shutting off lights all over Vegas, including the fight. Um, and then when the lights come back on for some reason... <laughs> it leads to total chaos and like everyone starts fighting each other in the in like the in the arena at that point um and and as they go through the casino the casino is completely wild too everyone's just trying to pocket cash and get away but at this point terry gets a phone call from rusty where rusty is telling him that they are you know that he's the man that's robbing his bank um you know uh and it kind of cuts to a lot of things going on like we find out yet actually survived from his almost suffocation (laughs) (laughs) and he manages to um make the jump in real in real time um we see that um crap what's the what's the name uh matt damon and uh george clooney
0: <laughs> i like it we're just gonna like oscillate between calling them by character names and then calling them by actor names <laughs> well
1: yeah because the only ones that matter are rusty and danny everyone else's name is stupid or i don't remember
0: <laughs> i know literally like uh I-, I have to keep reminding myself that bernie mac's character's name is frank i think it's really just like bernie mac and don Cheadle and uh well the only one the only other characters i guess the malloy twins yeah outside of that and it's just yeah
1: it's one of those things where this is what's hard with ensemble casts is like you just focus on the actor playing the character (laughs) more than anything when there's so many characters but yeah so they take advantage of the emp they manage to repel their way down the elevator shaft uh, they set up the explosives to open the bank vaults, <laughs> but there's like a miscommunication where Yen doesn't get out of the way in time or might not be able to get out of the way in time. And they can't tell like the, like the nerdy guy can't tell George Clooney, like, Hey, don't set off the explosion. You might kill Yen. <laughs> so as they try to set off the explosion, they find out that the, their batteries are dead, probably from the EMP. So they have to load new batteries, and then finally, that gives you enough time. They blow open the vault and start grabbing all the money. Um, at that point, uh, Terry gets to the um, Terry gets to the uh, kind of like the main security area, and uh, you know he tells them, or you know he tells Rusty, nah, it's impossible. You can't be robbing me. I'm looking at my safe right now." And then the feed cuts to showing men, um, pretty much showing Danny uh, Danny and crew grabbing the money and um, preparing to take it away. And essentially, they hold the money ransom. Uh, I believe Rusty tells him he can either let them walk away with $80 million now or they blow uh, the full 150 $160 uh, in the vault. So. At that point, Terry has, an, has a has a decision to make. They end up calling Las Vegas P.D., who sends all these SWAT trucks down in front of the Bellagio. Um, and as the SWAT team starts to breach, you hear an explosion, and but suddenly, you know, everyone's gone, <laughs> and then you see SWAT like SWAT trucks um, starting to you know take the uh, take the money. Mm-hmm and this is where i think this is where i started getting kind of confused confused the
0: yeah. yeah there's this is a part where it gets really confusing and at some point you even forget like you you completely forget like that middle part where they had like put put in the second safe and stuff like that and, and they're talking about stuff like you know how the floor in the safe looks and stuff and i'm like the fuck are these guys talking about like it doesn't make any sense they did it. They 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 got me. They tricked me here because I really did feel like they all got into that white van that mm-hmm. was then you know being chased by Andy Garcia's goons, <laughs> and uh, and that eventually they would have been like caught like you know trying to escape, uh you know the, the heist right like once yeah. they had once they had left the casino and hey they fooled me because once they do actually get to them in some sort of empty parking lot or whatever. Uh, they go into the white band, and instead of finding money in the bags that are in there, it's just a bunch of these, like, escort, like, ads for escorts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I remember I remember being a kid going to Reno with my parents and still getting a bunch of them. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so they end up... Um, They end up blowing that thinking that's the money And then you find out that there was another Double cross Yes (laughs) And essentially it gets revealed that uh, The crew had filmed A fake robbery Using the fake vault As kind of the staging area And then uh, filmed themselves Taking um, You know just creating footage That they were taking money away So Terry thinking that all his money was gone At this point because the explosion in the vault and explosion uh, in the van didn't realize that the SWAT officers that actually showed up were uh, essentially the Ocean's Eleven gang. Because everyone else, uh, because the the our tech guy was able to intercept the 911 call, which is what he installed way back in like the middle of the movie. <laughs> And because he intercepted the call uh, They were able to send their group in Who was able to calmly Walk out with $160 million Right through the uh, Right through the middle of the vault Or right through the middle of the casino Um, Terry ends up confronting Danny After um, After the money gets stolen Accusing him uh, Or asking if he had anything to do with it And And you know, Danny's insistent. He had nothing to do. That he's on probation. Why would he like risk anything? Uh, at the same time, Tess ends up getting a call uh, while she's up in her room waiting for Terry, and uh, the the voice ends up telling her to switch over to a certain channel, which she does, and she gets the feed of the hallway camera showing Terry and uh, Danny talking. Uh, Danny asks uh, Terry if you know he can if he can find out uh, who stole the money. Would he would he leave Tess? Like, does he love Tess essentially? And Terry, to which Terry responds, "Get me my money. Like, I don't care about Tess. Like, that essentially implying that the money is more important for him than than his girlfriend." Um, which ends up breaking Terry's heart, but also, I guess she learns that you know Danny loved her the whole time I guess (laughs) and then uh he ends up getting arrested the the weakest
0: probably the weakest part of this movie is this love story I have zero interest in what's going on between Julia Roberts and George Clooney they don't spend enough time together to really get the feeling that they actually knew each other that well like they said that they were married but they easily like feel like people that might have dated once several years ago like it's just they have zero like chemistry and it's just i I don't know this is this really is the weakest part of the movie for me
1: it made no sense it felt like they needed to put a woman in there because there was too many dudes (laughs) It felt like that was like the whole reason why the romance subplot was even added
0: or like uh, you know the simple fact that like women characters in some of these like m- all male cast movies exist for nothing else than to be like you know arm candy for other characters in it like th- there's yeah. just there's nothing about her that makes her an interesting character and again, she feels more like a prize to be won by our there main character go. than an actual character in this movie.
1: That's what I was going to mention, too. At the end of the day, it feels like she's like the prize that Terry and Danny are fighting over. And it's like, okay, well, I'm like, no. Okay, with your dick measuring contest. So uh, he, uh, Danny ends up getting arrested for violating parole or probation. I forgot which one's which. All right, I think it's Parole. But he ends up uh, violating parole, uh, has to serve something like three months. He has to go back to jail for some reason. Um, And when he comes out, Rusty's waiting for him. And you find out that Tess is actually waiting with Rusty uh, because she realizes that she loves Danny. And as they drive away, we see that they're being followed by Terry's goons. And that is Ocean's 11 roll credits. <laughs> it's actually it's a two hour movie, but it goes by super quick. It feels pretty quick and
0: even us just talking about it, I honestly feel like we haven't even gone through it like as long as we go through other movies sometimes.
1: We've gone over like hour and a half long movies in like three hours
0: <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's so funny. I think we spend more time talking about other things instead of
1: and the subplot of yen dying like, <laughs> but it was <laughs> but it was something i enjoyed
0: and if we get to the part of this podcast where you know i ask you if you like this movie i'm interested to hear your reaction
1: i like i said i don't like this movie but i'm also not a fucking idiot like i know it's a good movie <laughs> like like it's one of those movies that has great performances great ensemble cast uh has some great cinematography great use of music i really like the music in this movie uh between like the the use of like just movie music that makes you think of vegas like it really does make you think of reminiscent 60s vegas 60s vegas
0: i feel like it is it's the director like trying to harken back to maybe the original movie
1: yeah, totally. And that's why I really enjoyed that, like especially the use of like j- like the like the jazz tunes as they're going through and doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the only thing I can refer to it is heist music, you know. classy heist music. Um and and I really enjoyed that. The only <laughs> the stuff, and, and you know, as far as like the writing foibles, like I thought it was weird. Like it feels like it makes no sense for them to for me anyway to spend all that money preparing for the heist because it feels like you easily spent a hundred million dollars getting ready for this tie so you're mm-hmm. only getting 50 million out of it. <laughs> like between building the fake um between building the fake vault buying three vans turning one of them into a swap
0: <laughs> but you know we have to remember that like this was a lot more money back then than it is now <laughs>
1: true I mean the yeah. 150 million does get you it gets you like a two story house in San Francisco that's, you know <laughs> burned to the ground like it's one of those things where there's there and, and but I also I can also say we spent a lot of time talking about the other movies that were inspired by this movie yeah um because the Ocean's 11 like putting together a team of professionals isn't something that's going away anytime soon
0: no and it isn't and- something that this movie created it's just like kind of like found its moment where it blew it up again and people kind of remembered it
1: yeah because i think like the i haven't seen it yet but the usual suspects is very similar like in that sense right where mm-hmm. it's like you're putting a crew together like the, the putting the crew together is like a big thing like i haven't sent you the the rick and morty like mm-hmm. meme of where they're where Rick and Morty go and meet people and they're like, I need you for a job. And they'll yeah. be like, Rick Sanchez, you son of a bitch. I'm in.
0: And you know, even something as god-awful as like Justice League, uh, like 2017 Justice League, uh kind of goes through those moments as well where they're recruiting heroes like for the cause and mm-hmm. each hero has like their own specialty. Yeah, like it is something that has been in the zeitgeist forever um funny I, i'm gonna say this i came into this review thinking that i was gonna be a lot more complimentary of this movie this is one of those few moments where i think you taught you have talked me down into realizing how painfully average some of this was <laughs>
1: it's it's one of those things where it's we've seen a lot of movies that have done it just better at this point
0: right but
1: that, i also don't want to take away from this movie where like the acting performances were for the most part pretty good you know
0: yeah um, it was cool to watch something that we haven't seen before and to get a chance to to figure out whether we liked it or not and i think it's clear that both of us like it okay uh and i might i honestly i might go start watching the sequels on my own just because i'm interested and i did see Ocean date which i thought was okay it was mm-hmm. all right it wasn't awful but you know it wasn't great <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow i didn't realize that when i, I didn't realize that i called <laughs> this series oceans mid-11 that that was actually gonna be like kind of the big takeaway like you don't hate yourself for watching it you're no. like i was entertained i guess yeah yeah but yeah i mean even though it doesn't jive for me like Yeah, it's a good movie. Like, you don't lose anything by not watching it. All right, so we'd
0: like to thank you guys for joining us for this episode of the show. Thank you for hanging in with us again while we're going through this very shaky period on the show where we can't get through, we can't pull these episodes out as often as we'd like to. Uh, There's going to be a reprieve from that pretty soon. You know, like, my kid's going to be out of school in, like, a couple months, and or in a month and a half and then you know my job is going to slow down a little bit from all the craziness that it's been going on and uh yeah i I think we're going to reach a point where we're going to be able to to hunker back in and do a more regular output of movies but again we appreciate you guys coming coming and continuing to listen to episodes of this we want to do what we can to keep the show going and not have to go on an extended hiatus because those things can it it only gets harder when you when you take like you know large amounts of time off oh yeah <laughs> so um, so yeah we just appreciate you guys for continuing to uh, to follow us on the show. please you know download some of our older episodes you know right now since since the new output isn't very high we are at nearly 150 episodes of this show and for those of you who are you know starting to listen to this to the show, more recently as opposed to from the very beginning you know feel free to go back and listen to our archives to find movies that you might be interested in that we have already covered so
1: mm-hmm. yeah like if you want to watch new year's evil and you're like huh, how did these, <laughs> these guys feel about it the answer is not good don't watch new year's evil <laughs> 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 uh, so
0: yeah we'll we'll uh we'll we'll post on our instagram page again what the next movie is that we're going to review and uh yeah we'll talk to you guys next time Later Gators!